May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Glad you're here. I want to talk to you this morning about this uh, reading from the Gospel of Luke. Big idea today is nothing is permanent apart from God and his kingdom. Do not fear the future. Nothing is permanent apart from God and his kingdom. Do not fear the future. We find ourselves in Wednesday of Holy Week. In 48 hours, Jesus will be in the tomb. We're on the Mount of Olives. This is the Olivet Discourse. And there's two questions on the minds of the disciples. When would all these things happen? What will be the signs of the coming of the new age? There's always been a lot of speculation about these things, eschatology, the study of the end times. But the problem is nobody knows for sure. Pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, pre-millennial, post-millennial. A lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about these things, and I think that's good. I'm not one of them. I'm really just trying to get through today. You know, I don't say that flippantly. There are people who have spent, very smart people who spend a lot of time thinking about these things, right? I'm looking at a few of them. Um, I, I remember that brethren minister that was in my office and looked at my bookshelf, and he said, pre-trib or post-trib? I said, don't know, don't care. And he's, he never talked to me again. He wouldn't talk to me. He wrote me off because I, I had that attitude toward that topic. It is going to be what it is. It'll happen when it happens in the way that it happens. But nobody knows for sure how that's going to happen or when. They talk about the temple. Jesus says it will be destroyed. Absolutely unfair thinkable. This was Solomon's temple. Solomon's, well, Solomon's temple was destroyed in 586 B.C. when the Babylonians came in. After the exile, about 70 years later, Zerubbabel came back and rebuilt it. Herod leveled it in 20 B.C. and began rebuilding, and he finished it in 64 A.D., 84 years later, kind of like road construction in Ocala. It was four football fields wide, five football fields long. It was one-sixth the area of ancient Jerusalem. The east side, east side had sheets of gold, and in the, in the morning it looked like snow in the sun. There were 191 columns. They were 46 feet high. Each was a single piece of stone, the most beautiful building in all the world. And in 70 A.D., Titus lays siege to Jerusalem and destroys the temple completely. Shortly after, Jesus is talking with the disciples. During that siege, over a million Jews were killed. 97,000 were taken captive. They resorted to cannibalism. And there was no Israel from 70 to 1948. 70 A.D. to 1948. The disciples thought the temple would always be there, but nothing is permanent except God and his kingdom, even this. Things change. The Dodgers moved from Brooklyn 
to Los Angeles. The Colts, from Baltimore to Indianapolis. The Cardinals, believe it or not, from St. Louis to Arizona. Whoever thought you'd hear the Washington Commanders rather than the Washington Redskins? Pittsburgh is now known for medical research instead of steel. Did any of you ever own an Oldsmobile? No longer. Germany and Japan are now our allies. Vietnam makes my sport coats. It's true. U.S. economy has gone from agriculture to industrial to service. Do any of you do online shopping? Raise your hand if you do online shopping. Notice 98% of the hands belong to women. There's such a thing as social media, which never existed before. Young people get most of their information by which they run their lives from social media. There's a thing called Siri. Kathy and I were dismayed the other last week. We heard a song by Simon and Garfunkel, and I said, Hey, Siri, how old is Paul Simon? Paul Simon is 81 years old. I did that this morning at the uh, 8 o'clock service, and somebody's phone went off with Siri. Not sure how that happened. Smartphones have come on in, uh, into our possession. Um, female commanding officers in the Navy. Our son, Donald, took over as commanding officer of a destroyer, and the person he relieved was a female, a woman. That's not good or bad. It's just very different from when I was in the Navy for 20 years. We did not have that situation, but it's there now. We have extended adolescence. About a third of college graduates to go home, go home to live with their mother and father rather than do the other. There's this thing called Alexa, right? A few years ago when our son and his wife and daughter were having dinner, Grace, our granddaughter, went into the kitchen. And uh, her dad said, bring in some ketchup. And she says, we're out of ketchup. Later that night, they were on the computer, and they noticed that a case of ketchup had been ordered and was being delivered. They called and said, we didn't order any ketchup. And they said, at 6.38 tonight, Alexa ordered you a case of ketchup. That's why we do not have an Alexa in our house. Self-driving vehicles. They make me crazy when I see them. Men can have babies. Hmm. Oh, you, you no? Are you a, you're a doctor, right? Or what are you, an OBGYN? How do you know that? <laughs> oh, you went to medical school, okay. 52 genders on Facebook, that's different. But despite these changes, God never changes. And in the end, God wins. In the end, reality wins. The question is, what do we put our trust? If we put our trust in the world, the end result of that is going to be disappointment in, in a lot of different ways. But if we put our trust in God, he will never fail us. He will never forsake us. And we have to stay focused on that. Jesus counsels us to be aware of deception. 
disaster and distress. He says, false religion, wars, natural disasters, and persecution. Seems like today. I think it's also good that we remember that we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. It's very much an element in our world today of spiritual warfare, and we, we miss that uh, at our own peril. Cults will come. The church will say that the Bible is not authoritative for our lives, that Jesus is not the only way to heaven, or that all will be saved, universalism. Do not be deceived. When we left the Episcopal Church, they had embraced in various ways all of those false teachings. We fought the good fight, but we left. Wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, floods, fires, plagues, famines, they're all natural and they're all expected. These, it's just like it's ever been. I heard this morning that the Euphrates River is dried up. Is that, anybody hear that? Dry, or dried up or drying up. It just seems odd. Our own political situation, I don't think, has ever been more divided. I long for the days of Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan. Opposite sides of the aisle, but they really got along. They were friends. They could talk. They had different views on how to get things done, but they had the same goals for the country. I think it was a, a much better time. Uh, today, unfortunately, we don't have real civil discourse or discussion. The opposition isn't just the opposition, it's the enemy, which is not helpful or productive for anybody. But God says, fear not. He says, do not be overly concerned with prophetic views, but be ready. Concentrate on the here and now. Sign. Signs can be confusing and misleading. We live in a nation full of signs. Some are helpful and some are confusing. For example, here are some actual signs seen around our great country. From a small town in California, fishing for children only, limit three. From Maui, Hawaii, bottomless pit, 65 feet deep. From Austin, Texas, a sign on a balcony read, Please be aware that the balcony is not on ground level. In Mitchell, South Dakota, a sign that reads, Safe Haven Small Animal Hospital, Hunters Welcome. From Los Angeles, caution, blind drivers backing out. Also from Los Angeles, antique tables made daily. A sign in Racine, Wisconsin read, Happy Easter, we rent handguns. No idea what that was all about. The fact is we will be persecuted. They hated me first, they're going to hate you too. Christianity is the most persecuted faith in the world today. Those with a biblical worldview, a traditional view of marriage or the family. I remember when Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A were going through a hard time because they had biblical views on certain topics. All of the LGBT issues that we deal with, climate change. Uh, climate change is going to come at us in a very interesting, different way. I think you're going to see uh, the same way kind of they, they, they tried to take over with the COVID uh, and take control of, of the way we live our lives. I think you're going to see the same thing with climate change coming up.
you know, so this is when the strip club could be open, but the church had to be closed, right? So a friend of ours, Peter Klenner, out in, out in Canada, Peter was consecrated a bishop a few years ago. Kathy and I went out there to be part of that. And then Kathy saw his picture on, fa on a Facebook post, and he had a ponytail. Peter Klenner is the most squared away guy in the world. Ponytail? I call him up. I said, what's with the ponytail? He said, well, when Canada imposed the restrictions due to COVID, I said, I'm not cutting my hair until they lift the restrictions. He said, they lifted, I talked to him last month. He said, they, they opened the churches this month. We have not been open for, for a service in two years. They closed the churches there for two years. They just opened up in October. But he still, he said, I still can't go to like a nursing home. Couples can't visit a dying spouse in Canada. So he said, I, so I'm still having cut my hair, you know. So be aware that some of those things are going to happen, and they may affect the way we operate, the way we exercise our faith. It'll come down to whether we have a biblical or a secular worldview. We talked about that in the Bible study this morning. Biblical worldview, God's word is authoritative for our lives. Secular worldview, I'm my own boss. You can't tell me what to do. I will determine good, bad, right, wrong, moral. So Christ the King needs to be a beacon of light in a darkening world. We need to stand firm, hold fast, pray. Now, there are good things happening. Our daughter, Eleanor, is in El Salvador. She was down there for a, min, uh, a mission trip. And Kathy got this this morning. This is from Nathan Morris, the head of the mission. Tonight was indescribable. This was last night. There was standing room only in the stadium, soccer stadium, for night two in El Salvador, where we were. We believe this region will never be the same. Heaven truly touched earth tonight, and with the manifestation of the love of God, touching so many people with salvation, deliverance, and miracles. It was truly a humbling moment to experience to Jesus Christ be all the honor and glory forever. And there were some photographs that went with it. stadium with the people. They came for two nights, Friday and Saturday night, worshiping God. There's Nathan. He's the, the speaker. Crutches that no, people don't need anymore. Joy. Tears of joy. Shake the Nation's ministry uh, where they were shut down during COVID for travel, but they've been to Mexico, Riga, Latvia, Lima, Peru, Honduras, now El Salvador, and next year they've got a whole slate of places that they go, and they fill stadiums wherever they go. And it's been a, it's a very encouraging, despite what we're kind of going through here, it's very encouraging to see that kind of response to people, you know. Um, I see those, and I think of a friend, Ann Allen, how many of you remember Ann Allen? Okay, Ann passed away yesterday. 
Yeah, her son Jeff called and uh, she passed away. But Anne um, was a member of Christ the King and we were over at Living Waters and she was pushing her husband around in a wheelchair, Dwayne. And uh, I went to see him once a chance and I asked for Dwayne Allen. And they said, we don't have a Dwayne Allen. So I called Anne and I said, what's your husband's name? Orville. I said, I'd go with Dwayne too. Well, I checked for Orville, and he was there. Anyway, she, she goes to the Mayo Clinic, and they check her out, and then she, they say, well, we're so sorry. You have pulmonary fibrosis. Your lungs look like a forest. There's nothing that can be done. Go back to Ocala and get on oxygen. So she comes back. She comes to my office, and at that time, we had Keith Barron coming. He was a heal, healing ministry. He was going to come one Tuesday night. He came for 29. And he, she says to my office, she says, when's that healer guy coming again? I said, tomorrow night, good, I'm going to go. What have I got to lose? It wasn't like I have great faith, I will be healed. It was what have I got to lose? So we went, and I went up with her. You know, I always went up with our folks that were being prayed for. Boom, she's down. She goes to the pulmonologist the next day, and he takes a picture, and his, her lungs are as clear as a bell. And, he, and he's looking at the Mayo picture, and he says, well, I know they didn't make a mistake. And I know I, know I didn't make a mistake. What happened? She said, oh, God healed me last night. Isn't it wonderful? And they're still doing it. The crutches, the casts, the whole thing. People popping up out of wheelchairs. Whenever they go places, these things happen. God is on the move. Said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Says, family will betray family. I remember um, Bishop Alpha Muhammad he was there at seminary when Kathy and I were up there. He was born in Zanzibar. He left home when he was 14 years old. When he came to faith in Christ, he never saw his family again. He joined the church. He became a bishop. To persevere in obedient witness, we must be on guard against one. Spiritual deception. Know what we believe and why we believe it. Two, fear of political and natural catastrophe. I think that's true, especially young people are in a panic over climate change. I'm not unscientific. I want, I want to know the facts. I want to know the truth. Um, there's a whole different story going on about climate change that is different than what you hear. And one of the people that know that truth and, and work with that truth is a climatologist named David Dilley, who's sitting in the back row here today. And on the 21st of this month, a week from tomorrow at 8 o'clock, David is going to be our speaker at the Faith and Freedom Commission meeting. I encourage you to come and hear a different view of this, a scientific view of this that makes sense. Third, compromising our testimony under persecution. I don't know what form that will take, but I think it's coming, and more and more people will say it's not worth it. I'm backing off. I can't do that. Got to stand up, stand firm, that sign over the door when you walk in. Stand up for what's right, even if you're the only one standing. I thought for such a time as this, or when Jesus gives you something to say, say it. I did that in September of 2007. Um, some of you are familiar with this, and I thought it might be a good refresher. I was walking on the beach, I had a sermon going through my head. God deleted the file, and he downloaded this, and I came back to grace, and I got into the pulpit. It was the first time I preached a sermon in the pulpit in 10 years, like ever. And people are going, what is this? 
Well, what it was was this. I was walking on the beach, received what I believed to be a prophetic word from the Lord. I asked him, what do you want me to do? Convince them? No. Persuade them? No. Educate them? No. What then? Tell them the truth. Tell them I wasn't kidding when I gave Moses that speech about choosing. There are choices to be made between light and dark, good and evil, life and death. Most people will not, not make the right choice, but you need to tell them that choices matter and have consequences far beyond this life. Tell them that a time is coming very soon when hard choices will need to be made. Tell them now is the time to make the right choices. Tell them I wasn't kidding when I said that being my disciple is costly and that it takes all you've got. When I said you need to hate your mom and dad to be mine, I did not mean you need to hate them. I mean that I need to come first. Before family, before money, before stability, before health, before houses and lands, before memorial gardens, stained glass windows, vestments and vessels, before denominations, before everything. Tell them that I reward faithfulness and I bless faithful obedience. Tell them that a time is coming when they will have to choose between comfort and stability and being faithful to me. Tell them the church has wandered far from me and is saying and doing things that are not of me. Tell them I have given them over to themselves and what they reap, they will reap as they have sown. Tell them that once you put your hand to the plow, you are not to look back. Tell them that I love them. Tell them that there is no place they can go or be that I am not already there. Tell them that if they are faithful, I will make sure they find safe pasture, but they must trust me. Tell them that the time has come when it is no longer possible to be faithful to me and remain under the authority of the Episcopal Church. Tell them that through the centuries, more people have been unfaithful than have been faithful. Faithfulness has a cost in this life, but is rewarded both here and in the next life. People become unfaithful because being faithful requires too much. Tell them not to be anxious or afraid. Tell them to trust me and follow me. Tell them to pick up their crosses daily and leave the rest to me. Tell them I know how this will end, and that is all you need to know for now. Tell them the truth and trust me. I sat down, shorter sermon I ever preached. <coughs> that was in September of 07, and our last Sunday was February 3rd, 2008. Things began to happen after that. And God was true to his word. We found safe pasture with living waters, and here we are in this amazing facility. Nothing is permanent except the kingdom of God and he himself. Do not be afraid of the future and don't let the enemy get into your head. Listen to this, the voice of truth.
Nothing is permanent except God and his kingdom. Do not be afraid of the future. God's got this. Amen.